our scripture reading, we turn to Ephesians chapter 6. This will be the last uh, the sermon on this series in the book of Ephesians, uh, finishing with uh, verses 10 through 12. That'll be the text. Uh, tonight, verses 10 through 12 of Ephesians chapter 6, we'll read that, that chapter again. Children, obey your parents in the Lord, for this is right. Honor thy father and mother, which is the first commandment with promise, that it may be well with thee, and thou mayest live long on the earth. And ye fathers, provoke not your children to wrath, but bring them up in the nurture and admonition of the Lord. Servants, be obedient to them that are your masters according to the flesh, with fear and trembling, in singleness of your heart as unto Christ, not with eye service as men-pleasers, but as the servants of Christ, doing the will of God from the heart, with good will, doing service as to the Lord and not to men, knowing that whatsoever good thing any man doeth, the same shall he receive of the Lord, whether he be bond or free. And ye masters do the same things unto them, forbearing threatening, knowing that your master also is in heaven, neither is there respect of persons with him. Finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. Put on the whole armor of God, that ye may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. For we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this world, against spiritual wickedness in high places. Wherefore, take unto you the whole armor of God, that ye may be able to withstand in the evil day and having done all, to stand. Stand, therefore, having your loins girt about with truth, and having on the breastplate of righteousness, and your feet shod with the preparation of the gospel of peace, above all, taking the shield of faith, wherewith ye shall be able to quench all the fiery darts of the wicked, Take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the Spirit, which is the word of God, praying always with all prayer and supplication in the Spirit and watching thereunto with all perseverance and supplication for all saints. And for me, that utterance may be given unto me, that I may open my mouth boldly to make known the mystery of the gospel, for which I am an ambassador in bonds, that therein I may speak boldly as I ought to speak, but that ye also may know my affairs and how I do. Tychicus, a beloved brother and faithful minister in the Lord, shall make known to you all things, whom I have sent unto you for the same purpose, that ye might know our affairs and that he might comfort your hearts. Peace be to the brethren, and love with faith from God the Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. Grace be with all them that love our Lord Jesus Christ in sincerity. Amen. So far we read from the Holy Scriptures, and the text we read, we consider tonight, Verses 10 through 12. Finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. Put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. For we wrestle not against flesh and blood, 
but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this world, against spiritual wickedness in high places. Dearly beloved, in our Lord Jesus Christ, as the Apostle Paul gets to the end of this letter, he exhorts his brethren to be strong in the Lord. He's been listing a number of different exhortations, and we're familiar with the fact that in a number of the epistles, in Paul's epistles, for example, that we see toward the end, that there's a number of exhortations following one after another. And as he gets towards the close of the letter, then he says, finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord. And on the one hand, there's an exhortation, be strong. That's seen a number of places in the scripture where we're told, be strong, be strong. Sometimes we may even say that to one another. And we try and encourage someone and say, no, be strong, be strong, be strong in the Lord. The Lord is with you. We exhort one another as brethren, and that's what the Apostle Paul does here. He refers to us as his brethren, my brethren. We really are. We really are brethren. We really are united in Christ. And we exhort one another, encourage one another. Be strong in the Lord. Bringing out not in your own strength. Strong in the Lord. For we are, we confess our own weakness. We confess that in, in the Heidelberg Catechism, in the last Lord's Day. We end the Heidelberg Catechism talking about how weak we are. And that we wouldn't stand and we bring to God our petition. Strengthen us. And here he's, at the end of this letter, he does say, go to God in prayer. Be strong in the Lord. Pray, pray. He mentions that at, toward the end of this section in verse 18. Praying always. With all prayer and supplication. And so on. And makes a reference to uh, supplication for all saints. We're to be concerned for our other brothers and sisters and praying for ourselves, for our brothers and sisters. Looking to God for strength. And we have here the exhortation to put on the armor of God. And a reference to the fact that the battle that we're engaged in is a spiritual one. When it says we wrestle not with flesh and blood, there may be those that oppose us that we see. Which can include people in positions of government that may be opposed to us. Or it could be people that are near to us that speak against us and mock us and ridicule us. And our mind can be on those that we see. And there are those who have striven to bring about some kind of an earthly kingdom. Or to fight for an earthly kingdom, one would tend to fight with earthly kind of weapons. If you were pursuing an earthly carnal kind of kingdom. And it says here, our battle is not, of a, is not a physical battle, it's a spiritual battle. And that specifically is pointed out here. We're battling against spiritual wickedness in high places. We need the strength. First of all, we need to be fighting the spiritual battle. And secondly, we need to see that we need the strength that comes only from God. To fight that battle. And that we must put on the armor of God. Not grabbing a hold of physical weapons, but putting on the armor 
of God, that we may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. We believers hear the exhortation here in the consciousness that God will preserve his people. We talked about that this, this morning. God created according to his will. He spoke and things came into existence. Similarly in salvation, God accomplishes his purpose. He saves every person he intends to save. He's made an everlasting covenant. He puts his word in the hearts of his people and they will serve him. And it's certain that they will persevere. But it's important also to bring out that in this life, there will be warfare. And there are times that God's people have fallen into sin, even grievous sin. And it is uh, important that we see the strength that we need from our God. The scriptures speak repeatedly of those who were God's people who fell into horrible sins. And we're warned that we must, we need to be on our guard. That on the one hand, when we read of exhortations, we know the and the judgment that will come upon those that walk in the way of sin. We make an, can make an application to those that hear the word of God and reject the word of God and just give in to sin and the judgment that comes upon them. But we know, too, that there is instruction for those who are children of God who know. They know their names are written in heaven. They know that. And yet they know that in this life, it's going to be warfare. And they desire not to fall into grievous sins. And we recognize that if we give in to a sin, how quickly it's, we want to do more of that. We start to go down. And we're told, don't let sin reign. Don't let sin reign in your mortal body. Don't listen to the spiritual foes. Fight. Fight the battle. Look to God for the strength. And we consider this passage under the theme exhorted to be strong in the Lord. We consider, first of all, the warfare. Secondly, the strength. And thirdly, the the promise. First of all, with regard to the warfare, as was already mentioned, the battle is of a spiritual nature. Now, of course, it is true that when we talk about our enemies, that includes the world. So when we talk about our enemies, we don't only mention Satan and demons, but we frequently refer to our enemy as threefold. And we speak of this ungodly world. And we recognize that they are opposed to us, those of this world. But although that's true, and they are among those who are our enemies, we don't fight them physically. We're not involved in a physical battle against them. And we see that this text directs us to look at the demons. That when it says we fight not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, and the rulers of darkness of this world, it's talking about fighting Satan, fighting demons. The word that's translated principality is a word that means, can mean beginning or ones that are first, first ones, you could say, referring to leaders. 
leaders and authorities. When it says powers, that term is also, it comes from, there's a number of different words that can be translated power. The word here is a word that has the idea of authority. And it speaks among the demons of those that are authorities, those who are first ones, those who are leaders, those who are rulers, rulers of the darkness, the darkness of this world. Spiritual, bringing out that it's talking about spiritual wickedness in high places. Those that have that are in, in high places, rulers of darkness, spiritual wickedness, and that word wickedness and have has its idea also the fact that they're malicious. They intend to harm. They're cruel. And we are fighting against many of them. And we can't see them. But they come against us. And we say they don't cease to assault us. They keep on assaulting us. And that's, you know, from Lord's Day 52, we say that they cease not to assault us. That really is going on. Our enemies shoot at us. They shoot at us with words. That's brought out in Psalm 64, for example. There are so many psalms, we're familiar with this, that David writes these psalms and speaks of his, of his sufferings and how he was persecuted. And we, as we sing, of these, sing these psalms, we also have our mind on the sufferings of Christ and how many came against Christ and come against us. In Psalm 64, verse 3, we read, who wet their tongue like a sword and bend their bows to shoot their arrows, even bitter words that they may shoot in secret at the perfect. Suddenly do they shoot at him and fear not. They shoot at him. Bitter words they shoot at us. We're conscious of the fact that you know, we can hear, speaking out the threefold enemy, that we can hear those words that come to us through men who speak to us words, who make accusations against us, who contradict us, who mock us, who speak against the truth that we confess who look to try to find fault with us, who try to get us to fear to do what we're supposed to do and to go along with what they tell us that we should do. There are those that use their words to try to get us to go the wrong way. And we're warned not to fear men. And yet we can find that there are times when, we, when we're, we hear what men say and we can be afraid. Afraid not to do what they tell us. Our enemies tempt us to violate the different commandments. Certainly they tempt us to commit fornication And that is so rampant in our own day that our enemies would tempt us to 
look at what we ought not, and then to go beyond that, and as with other sins, when one goes down a road that they ought not in a sexual matter, how they can find that they're doing it more, and then they're doing more than they were before, and then a little bit later they're doing more than they were before, giving into sin. In our own churches, we've heard of very horrible, grievous sins that have gone on for, for years. We can hear about other, we, we hear about other people's sins, but every one of us has to be on our guard. Not only the young, but also those that are older. Even those that would be considered in the, in the elderly age. That we must constantly be on our guard. Or against the Eighth Commandment, finding ways to steal, to cheat. Could be in the workplace that in one's own work environment, that different people at work are trying to encourage one another to do things that really are not legal, really are not right. But the whole, the whole business is going to profit that way, and they can encourage one another to be doing something that's really not proper. We must turn away from such sins. There's also the bearing of a grudge. And we've also been seeing a fair amount of this sin. Of sinful anger. And that that can also then express itself in false accusations in showing disrespect, sometimes blatantly those for those in positions of authority, the fifth, sixth, and the ninth, we've seen some blatant violations of that. And each one of us has violated the fifth, sixth, and the ninth. That with all of the commandments, we violated them. You know, there may be some cases where that's happened in a blatant way, but we are all guilty of violating these. Something like bearing a grudge and having sinful anger, that is something that every one of us has to be on guard against. And we may be quick to deny that there is such an anger, that we have such an anger, but sometimes that continues on for a long time. A man that continues to be bitter against his spouse or a wife that continues to be bitter against her husband or children that continue to be bitter against their parents that they're really angry with their parents and they keep bearing that grudge or brothers and sisters in the school bearing a grudge against one another or in the church of Jesus Christ frequently looking bringing up somebody's name and talking evil about someone because one wanting to get back at someone. This is a great evil that we must constantly be on our guard against. And there's also the temptation to be slothful and to not really study the word. And another Lord's Day goes by and Even on the Lord's Day, not much studying of the Word going on. We have our mind on all sorts of other things. And we know it's supposed to be a day in which we spend time in spiritual activities, but, well, we got other things we'd rather do. And it's important for us to see that we're being tempted to be slothful, not to search the scriptures, not to seek to grow in under understanding. All of us sees that. All of us see that in ourselves to a certain degree. We all do. None of us can say that we pray as we ought or that we search the scriptures. 
both of those, searching the scripture, none of us can say we do that as we ought, but also pray, praying, praying fervently, praying frequently. None of us can say we do that the way we should. Our enemies constantly tempt us. And we must be on our guard. Demons do, we do battle with demons. Sometimes people wonder about that. What about a Christian? Does a Christian, well, Christians do battle with demons. Demons assault us. And it's good to make a distinction when we, when we talk about that battle. We remember, well, we have, the Bible speaks of the new man and the old man. The new man, well, we're righteous and holy. We do not sin. Not when you're talking about us from the viewpoint of the new man. But what about our old? Our old man desires to do what the devil says. When the text speaks about these rulers of the darkness, they're rulers of darkness. Well, we're not darkness in the new man. We are in the old. Darkness. You talk about us from the viewpoint of the old man. They're rulers of the darkness of this world. And we are told, we're exhorted, as was mentioned earlier, don't let sin reign. Christ has set us free we are free in Christ. We're free from the bondage. As we read the Ten Commandments every Lord's Day that speaks of how God has delivered us from bondage. He, he set us free. We are, and the freedom has that idea of being free to serve the living God with joy. Freed from the bondage of sin. Yet we still have that old man, and if we don't put that old man off, if we give in to sin, that's the danger. And every one of us knows it. Don't let sin reign. Even if we could be separate from, live in separation from this sinful world, we would still have that old man of sin. We have to put off the old and put on the new. We have to strenuously keep resisting our foes. Fight against sin and Satan. Now these demons are under God's control. When the text speaks of them as being rulers or authorities, we do understand that they are under God's control. God is sovereign. He has all authority. And these enemies are used at times to chasten us. We read about the Babylonians that were used and came against God's people. Now you can look at it from two points of view. You can look at it from the viewpoint of how many unbelievers there were in Israel. And the punishment that would come upon them. You can also look at it from the viewpoint of the elect people. And how God chastens us in love. And... When we don't listen to God, that God withdraws his spirit, not entirely. And our canons speak of that in the fifth head, that he withdraws his spirit, but not entirely. We desire not to be led into temptation. We pray that in the last petition of the Lord's Prayer. Lead us not into temptation. We don't desire to have to feel like we're being in, in dominated by our spiritual foes. 
and going deeper into sin. Until we cry out to God, Lord, forgive me, deliver me. God will does renew his people to repentance. But we don't want to learn that way. We're engaged in an ongoing warfare against these crafty enemies, the wiles of the devil. The English word wile has, means a trick, a trick to deceive. And the Greek word has an idea of being a crafty and deceptive. We read of enemies that would that are constantly trying to deceive us. And God tells us this, that we might see our need for his strength. You see how that leads us to the same subject that's mentioned in the last Lord's Day. That when it says, when we pray, that these enemies are many, and we're so weak we can't stand a moment. Strengthen, preserve and strengthen us. We're led by God teaches us. We grow to see our need for his strength. That we see our need for the, him to strengthen us by his spirit. So that we call out to him. That we confess our own weakness and look to him for strength from on high. And then that leads to this subject now of the, the strength that's referred to here. Be strong in the Lord. Strong in the Lord. And in the power of his might. We're not to give in to temptation. We're not to fear our enemies and do as they say. We're not to despair and say, I don't have the strength. I don't have the strength to resist. We're to look to God for the strength. We're to confess we don't have, we don't have that we would not stand. But we're to confess that and to go to God with confidence, looking for strength that comes from him. It doesn't say be strong in your own strength, but be strong in the Lord. Be strong in the strength that comes to you by God. Comes to you from God. Just like we talked about this morning, that our Father is the creator. He's almighty God. Well, now we look at that from the point of view that we need the strength that comes from the Almighty in this battle. And we ask him for that strength. Be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. His might. Pray for strength. Strength. He's the Almighty God. He's a faithful Father. He will grant that to us when we are praying. Ask, and ye shall receive. When we are praying, when we are seeking, He answers our prayer. Grants us the strength that we need. Put on the whole armor of God. After talking about the, after the exhortation, be strong, then it's followed up with, put on the whole armor of God. We understand there's an illustration there. And it mentions like a sword, and it mentions a helmet, and it mentions, you know, what you'd wear on your feet. Uh, and it mentions a brace, breastplate, a shield, and so on. Could you imagine somebody going out to warfare and not 
putting on their armor. They just leave it hanging on the wall. So they know there's a battle. They know it's going to be a fierce battle. And the armor just sits there hanging on the wall and they just run out into battle. How foolish would that be? We're told, put on the armor. And then it talks about the shield of faith. For example, it talks about the the word of God, the sword. You think of needing the shield and the sword. And it talks about faith in the word. Clinging on to the word. Believing. Fighting a spiritual battle. Believe, rely on God. Just like we had this morning, on whom I rely so entirely, trust in him. Repeatedly, we're told that. Believe on the Lord, rely on him. We're told, trust only in him. Now, when we hear that one, trust only in him. Sometimes people say, well, you know, you trust in God and other things. The scriptures say, trust only in God. And go forward trusting in him, which means believing his promises. You have your, in your mind, your thoughts are on his promises. Your thoughts are on the salvation that you have in Christ and what he's promised us with regard to the future. The helmet of salvation. Elsewhere in 1 Thessalonians, we read the helmet of the hope of salvation. The helmet put on the head, and and when it talks about the hope of salvation, we fight as those who are looking up, who have our thoughts on things above. We're clinging to God's promises, knowing what he has assured us we will receive in Christ. We know that, and that the fact that we're confident of that is related to the fact that the covenant is unconditional. How could we have confidence if we thought the covenant was conditional? How? But when we know it's not conditional, when we know it's unconditional, when we know that Christ by his death has confirmed the covenant, And we'll certainly receive the blessings he's purchased for us. We fight as those that believe that. And we go forward into battle. Faith. Hope. Clinging to the word. We fight loving our God. We fight as those who love God and who love his people. But that's how we fight. We put on, and in Romans 13, it's summarized this way, put on Christ. God is our shield. Put on the Lord Jesus Christ and make no provision for the flesh. Romans 13, verse 14. With strength from on high, we fight against sin and Satan. Some, you know, will just think about Satan, about demons. Sometimes people will be very much interested in hearing about demons and what can demons do, and they'll hear about demons. But what about sin? One who is fighting sin is fighting Satan. It goes together. In fact, we're told in James 4... 
Resist the devil and he'll flee. Resist him. That's what it says in James 4, verse 7. Resist the devil. It says, submit to God. If you're fighting sin, submit to God. Resist the devil. And he will flee. We fight sin. And Satan, we know that in this battle, that Satan and the demons are... Um, are, are attacking us. They're, when we speak of the threefold enemy, our focus is on that we look to God for the strength to do what he tells us to do. Fight against sin. So that when we hear the fifth commandment, we look to God for the grace to honor those in positions of authority. That we look to God for the grace to love others. And we're conscious, God has called me to love even my enemies. And we ask God for the grace to love. If we pray, I look to God for strength, and we turn away from anything that would tempt us into sexual sin, that we turn our eyes away. We turn when we have thoughts. It could be that we're not, there's nothing that we can physically see, but our thoughts start going. And we turn our thoughts away from anything that's sinful. We look to God for the strength to do what God says. We resist the devil and submit to God. Do what God says. Reject what the enemy says. When people are tempted into sexual sins, even of a homosexual nature, the one fights that, thinking about what does, what does God say? What does God say? Resist. Resist the devil, he'll flee. Hear what God says. Believe. Trust in the Lord. Fight against your foes. We do as those that are comforted, knowing that there's forgiveness. Our enemies can point to us and point out different sins we've committed. You've done this. You've done that. You did this long time ago. You did that long ago. And then we may say, I did. I know I did. but that I'm sorry, and I'm washed, I'm cleansed, whiter than snow. That we fight as those who confess our sins and who do so with sorrow and ask God to forgive us. We're to fight as those who are repentant. We're to fight with a good conscience In Lord's Day 12, it makes a specific reference. What do we do as kings? We fight sin and Satan. This is what we're actually talking about. We're talking about what we do as kings. That's Lord's Day 12. What do we do as kings? Fight sin and Satan with a good conscience. With a good conscience. And the scriptures speak of the importance of having a good conscience which means that we're not walking in a sin somebody doesn't have a good conscience when they know full well that they're not turning from a sin they're asking God to forgive them and maybe repeatedly asking God to forgive them but fully intending to do it again and that person doesn't have a good conscience those that go to God asking for forgiveness and deliverance despising hating sin 
desiring to strength to, to fight it and sincerely repenting and looking to God for grace. Sincerely. Those that come to God in sorrow, those who come to God desiring forgiveness and desiring the strength to fight, desiring their lives to be more holy, God will give strength. He will give the strength that we need. God promises, ask, and ye shall receive. Or in the passage that we have here, put on the whole armor of God that ye may be able to stand. That you'll stand. Verse 13, wherefore take unto you the whole armor of God that ye may be able to withstand in the evil day and having done all to stand. Stand therefore, and repeatedly it uses that word, it brings out that idea. Stand. Just as elsewhere we read, resist the devil and he will flee. You believe that? And we say, yes, I believe that. I believe that. God says so. It's certainly true. Resist and he'll flee. Ask and we'll receive. That we'll receive strength doesn't mean that the battle will be easy. And we bring that out in the Heidelberg 2 when it says that we are to constantly and strenuously resist our foes. It will be strenuous. It will continue to be strenuous throughout this life. But God will grant us the strength that we need to fight, to not give in, to resist. God will preserve us and strengthen us. And we'll go forth in the battle strong in the Lord. Strong in the Lord. Even as we sang just moments ago, to go forth as those that are strong in the Lord. Believing God's promise we go to God praying and looking to his word. We say, well, we, when we say we believe the promise of God, well, those believing the promise of God, we pray as those believing God's promise, we pray. We pray not only for ourselves, and we pray not only for our children. Well, we do pray for our children and for our grandchildren. But we pray for all of the saints. We pray for our brothers and sisters not only, not only here but elsewhere. Lead us not into temptation. Deliver us from evil. We pray for the saints. We look to God for the strength that we and our brothers and sisters need and we pray for one another. And we go to the word that God so tells us how important it is that we keep our mind on what God says. Well, we go to the word. Keep our mind on what he says. Keep reading it. Talking about it. Well, it's not just reading, but it's talking. 
And as we grow and mature, we, we do that. We start talking more to others about what we read. We ask questions to one another. We listen to one another. We benefit from the gifts of our brothers and sisters, older and younger, male and female, and together we learn. We desire to have our mind on what God is telling us. There's, the world is constantly telling us its message in many different ways, not only by, uh, you know, by direct contact with people, but today it's so easy for them to tell us their message over the Internet and over television and radio and so on and reading books that where the world is constantly telling us their thoughts. And we are a aware of the things they say and there are times when we may read something that those of this world write but we do so as those who have our mind on what God tells us believing what God tells us trusting in him looking in for the strength that we may not start moving in our thinking being like this world. We don't want to be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of our mind. We look to God, Lord, teach us. Lord, teach us. Lord, guide us. As we open the scriptures, we pray to God, teach, teach me. Guide me to understand what this passage reads. Strengthen me to do what I clearly see it tells me to do or to not do what it clearly tells me not to do. And to go forth in each day strong in the Lord and encouraging one another. Taking the shield of faith, the hope of salvation, the helmet, the sword, of the Spirit, which is the Word of God, putting on the whole armor of God that we may be able to stand. May we encourage one another in the battle in these last days and fight with confidence, knowing that we have the victory in Christ Jesus, our Lord. Amen. Let us pray. O oh Lord, our God, O oh Lord, our Father, we are very thankful for the grace that thou dost give. We're so thankful for the comfort that we have in Christ Jesus. Lord, strengthen us as this battle continues and as our enemies assault us. Strengthen us, O oh Lord, in this battle. And may we magnify and praise thy name. May we be strong with the strength that comes from thee. And may our children be strong as well. Bless us and all of thy people in the different nations. Grant us this grace for Christ's sake, our Redeemer. In his name we pray. Amen.